0: Welcome to C3 Belconnen. We hope you enjoy our latest Sunday message. Hey everybody! Happy New Year! Yes, 2021. Congratulations! You made it through 2020. You got through 2020. <laughs> oh, look, you didn't just make it, but you made it well. Absolutely. It's so lovely. you're still standing. Yes, and we're so looking forward to actually seeing you in person sometime in 2021 and this year. Absolutely. But the boss has an amazing word of encouragement. Looking forward, right now to sharing that. Babe, over to you. Thank you very much. God bless you. Happy New Year, everybody. Well, I I do want to share this with you today, and I know that it's going to be uh, so helpful for us as we move into the future. But also I believe that this is a very, very clear strategy and direction from the Lord for us as C3 right around the world universally so that every one of us can get a hold of this and thread it into our culture for the future. It's about discipleship. And I want to go to Matthew 28, verse 18 to 20. And Jesus came and spoke to them. Saying, All authority has been given unto me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. I think the presence of God being with us in what we do is contingent upon us being disciple-makers. And I think that as we go to make disciples, we're going to find that His presence assists us because without it, it would be impossible to accomplish that purpose. The making of disciples is not a a knuckle, fist-holding, teeth-grinding, furrowed-browed affair. It is a joyful, liberating, purpose of God that He's put in every single believer. I don't think it's just in pastors or in leaders, but every single follower of Jesus should have the aspiration to become a disciple maker. Now, sometimes uh, people will say, oh, you're that, you know, you're the man of faith, you're the leadership guy, you're planning churches, you're the creative arts guy, all these 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 labels and and I guess, pigeonholes or titles that people would like to box you in or to actually say, this is how you are known. But you know what? Underneath all of that, underneath the the faith life, underneath the moving in the spirit life, underneath the creative world life, underneath the church planting, church building, leadership life, underneath all of that is a basic discipleship. I'm a disciple of Jesus Christ. Without that, none of what we've built on top of that would exist. Being a disciple means you lay down your life and you take up your cross. It's about living by disciplines and not by feelings. It's about having ritual in your life that's not legalistic, but it keeps a rhythm of life happening in your world so that you are living a disciplined lifestyle. It's a narrower lifestyle. You're not allowing yourself certain liberties and freedoms that other people might feel they can have because you are wanting to focus your energy, time, and resources on achieving exactly what Christ has called us to do. And being a disciple is further down the line of our Christian walk than sometimes we would imagine it to be. So let let me say this. This is, this is a game changer, what I'm about to say. For every one of us in all of our churches all around the world, I know that we would want salvation to be at the top of our list, and it is in mind getting people saved. It's, it's a game. That is the end game in a, a big way. However, let me say this. It is because everybody's got to get saved through the blood of Christ repenting of their sins, coming to Jesus. But that doesn't make them a disciple. That makes them born again. Disciples are made, not born. Jesus said, go and make disciples. But he's called us to preach the power of the word of God that will actually get people born again. And I believe that we've got to lead people to a life of discipleship. We might win them to Christ, but then we need to keep winning people to a sacrificial life, so that we are not bringing them into a consumeristic Christianity. Sometimes the message that we are preaching is the gospel to meet the felt needs in people. People need healing. We preach, God wants to heal you. People need blessing. They need to get out of debt. They need freedom. They need miracles. We preach that to them. Yeah, God's going to bring life into, into that area. And that's when Jesus is your savior. And He saves us from all of our difficulties, our challenges. And the ultimate salvation is from hell so that we will be in heaven beyond this life. That's salvation. That's Him as our Savior. However, we also need to take people beyond that so that it's not what Jesus has done for me, but now what I can do for Him. It's not that He gave His life for me now, it's that I'm giving my life for Him. And when we follow Jesus, He will make us into what we are meant to be to fulfill the call that God has placed on our life. He said to those fishermen, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. These are ordinary men and women that followed Christ right at the beginning and He transformed their lives. Ordinary fishermen now have written pages of Scripture that are read by billions of people around the world every day, transforming their lives, rewiring their thinking. People are born again through reading these words. These were ordinary backwater people in in a fishing town. But Jesus took a hold of ordinary and made it extraordinary. He can take a hold of water and make it into wine. He can take a hold of any one of our lives and make it far more than it was ever gonna be. But it's not by adding to us. Sometimes it's by taking away. If we lose our life, we will save it. When we lay down our life, our agenda, our decisions, our pursuits, our ownership of all that we have, we lay all that down and we say, I'm a disciple. I'm gonna follow Jesus. Another earmark of a disciple. So they put their hand to the plow and they're not looking back. They're not pining for the past. They're on fire for the future. And so when Jesus says, go into all the world, I love that word, go. That means I'm, I'm, I'm intentionally going to do this. It's not an accidental happening in my life. I'm arranging our church, our structures, our time, our budget towards this end. Go into all... Go, one of the reasons I love that word, it's two-thirds of God's name, G-O. <laughs> and, and so a big thing about God is that He is not just seated on His throne saying, K sirrah, sera, whatever will be, will be. He is active in the earth through you and I, through anybody who will devote their life, consecrate themselves, yield themselves to Him for His pleasure and His glory. Not for our pleasure, And not for our fame, but for His glory. And that means I'm going to be obedient to Him. Obedience isn't a a word often used in today's world. It's not even a a light word. What does that mean? Submission, obedience, all these sorts of words we we, we don't like yet. The reason there is a reaction to them is because they are the key to actually entering into all of what God has got for us. We're not going to get there without that. That happening when when I'm not making Jesus the Lord of my life, avoiding that kind of discipleship, I'm there. My prayers are what God can do for me. That that for my ends and my my goals. And sometimes even our preaching has has gone that way. Our messages are appealing to the desires and needs of people in their own heart, and we, we can be sometimes guilty of building selfish Christianity. I am saying that if we can build an unselfish Christianity right through our C3 movements, so we are here to serve, not just serve in church at the weekend, but have a life of serving. During the week that we are helpful people, we're useful people, we're people. we are bright people. We are there to bless others. They're not there to bless us. We're there to give our lives as a as a ransom for many like Jesus. Jesus said His, His life was. Now, I love the idea of, of, of pastoring. And when Jesus says, I want you to baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, I believe there's a lot of both, both pastoring and disciple-making in that context. But I, I think that once we have brought people to Christ on that line and they, they're at the cross, they unload their burden of sin, they repent from, they come to Christ, then we lead them into a life of consecration. We lead them into a life of getting filled with the Holy Spirit, of repentance, of deliverance, of getting set free. Uh, And then all of these things, they they don't normally happen in a definite sequence. They can happen all at the same time or over a period of time. People come to a a place then where they say, you know what, I'm going to give my life to God. He gave His life for me. I'm going to give my life to Him, whatever you want, Lord. So then all the areas of like prayer, a devotional life, prayer and uh, and reading the scriptures in a daily rhythm and, uh, and then tithing, uh, making sure we bring the first tenth of our income to the Lord so that our finances uh, are as much devoted to Christ as we are. And obviously, the two can't be exchanged. Our relationships, who we Uh, hang out with who we fellowship and drink the spirit of one another and who we minister to but don't actually you know, find ourselves making friends with people and hanging out with people that are going to drag us down but we're going to actually be with people that are going to edify and build us up and that we can be part of the answer to this world with. So all of those things start to become the lifestyle of a victorious believer. Of a, of, a, of a Christian living for Christ. But these basics, baptized in the name of the Father, well, baptism is immersion. It means I am totally immersed in it. it isn't a sprinkling, it's an immersion. And if I'm immersed into the Father, first thing I think of is a house. And And then I think of provision. And then I think of family. When I think of Father, I think of family. You can't be a father without a family. If, you, if there's, we are a husband with a wife, but then you imagine we become a father and a mother because we have children, and that means family. And so I'm baptized into the family of God. This is so important to understand. We pray for people to get this revelation, to get this baptism into the house of God. Then we won't be running around after people trying to get them to attend church. We will be seeing that our people all over the world in C3 churches are baptized into the body of Christ, baptized into church. Church attendance is an outcome. It's it's not a first first core uh, initiative because the first core initiative is that I am in the church. I am the church. You are the church. We are the church together. And so attending and coming together and connect groups and assemblies and uh, being part of church every weekend, that's a, that's a simple outcome. When I got born again and I got baptized in the Holy Spirit and set free all in the same night. So like I said, it doesn't have to be sequential. But in that baptism, I found myself baptized into the church. They were not culturally the same as me. They were all like very old people. I think the youth leader was 345. It was just, they, I'd never seen so many old people. And they blew veins on white skin and three-piece suits and, and hairstyles from the Boer War. I mean, there was nothing culturally connecting with that church that I got born again in. But I was baptized into that. I love those people. And I found they loved us. They loved Chris and I with all sorts, in all sorts of ways. We got married in three weeks because we'd been living together. And we got convicted about that. Got married. We, they gave, that church gave us a, a honeymoon gift two weeks away. They hired a car for us. They gave us this huge pile of gifts. We were blown away. because because we just became part of that family. And uh, we loved the pastor. He was an Englishman uh, and and a very uh, proper Englishman, Uh, not like us hippies who'd come into into, into the church. And nobody was there. and I'm just saying that because sometimes we're trying to be culturally like the people we're reaching. Or we're trying to make sure that it's as convenient and as comfortable as possible. To make it as easy as possible for people to be part of it. My conviction is, yeah, we, we should definitely take away stumbling blocks. But at the end of the day, they are not the reason people are going to be in church. People are in church because they are in Christ and they've been baptized into the Father. They've been baptized into Jesus. A disciple is somebody who's going to go to church if nobody else in the world will. A disciple is somebody who says, I've got to follow Jesus. i got my eyes set on Him. I'm not looking this way that way to see what everybody else is doing. I am committed. I have decided I will follow Jesus. And I believe that as we come into 2021, this kind of message, will stir the hearts of people who are looking for cause, who are looking for purpose, and not just another blessing message where we're going to you know, consume it all on ourselves and our own comfortable lives. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with having a blessed life, having, a, having a, you know, in all sorts of ways. But if that is impeding me and stopping me from being a disciple, then I'd rather not have it. But I can tell you this, being blessed in life on the basis of being a disciple can be unlimited because God knows it's not going to be just for you. You're actually going to use it for His purposes and you're going to be useful in His hands and you're going to be blessed to His glory all the way through. So then it says, be baptized into the Son. Well, that means abiding in Christ. John 15, abide in me and I in you. What a beautiful uh, chapter that is. But being in deep communion and fellowship with the Son of God, with His work on the cross, being identified with Jesus on the cross, dying with Him and coming to life again in a, res- in a new form, the new creation personality. That is what being baptized in the Son is. It, is. it is the transformational work of salvation. It's not just getting our sins forgiven so we can carry on living the way we always have. It is actually having my sins washed away, yes, from now all, all the way through because we'll all make mistakes before we get to heaven. But I'm telling you that being, being baptized into the Son of God, into Jesus, is becoming one with Him in His death and in His resurrection. That means I let go of my life, I die to myself, and I come alive to Jesus Christ. The third one, being baptized in the Holy Spirit. I, I'm not sure we can, any of us can really live the New Testament from Romans onwards unless we've gone through the book of Acts. <laughs> you, you can't, there's so much in Corinthians, one and two Corinthians, that would be impossible to do unless you come through the book of Acts, been baptized in the Holy Spirit. Jesus told us all, go wait until you get that power from on high, because even trying to lay down your life without the power of God, without the Holy Spirit, that's going to be challenging. We often think the Holy Spirit has come so we can work miracles and and do supernatural things, and definitely He's come for that. But there are many other things that He'll empower us to do, to forgive people that you don't want to forgive, to to love people, to, to be obedient to God, to follow the guidance of the Holy Spirit. There are, there are so many other areas that are just as supernatural and need the power of God on them. And so then Jesus is teaching them to observe all things that I have told you. So how do I teach people in the, in the world of disciple making? Well, I start to bring them into living the life that God has called them. If, if I'm just pastoral, I might go visit somebody who's sick in bed or struggling with, with a problem in their finances or in their relationships. We sit out in their home or in a cafe, and and then I give them a few scriptures, and I, I say, let me pray for you. And so we pray for them. And that's a great pastoral uh, ministry to people. If I'm a disciple maker, I would come to them and ask questions more than tell them. And I would say, uh, okay, so, what do you feel that God is speaking to you about in this situation? And maybe they haven't even prayed, and then I would I would say, okay, let's pray together. You pray first, and and just call on God for this difficulty you're facing, and I'm leading them into their own spiritual authority and helping them to actually live the life that is connected to God, rather than relying on the pastor to bring the ministry. And then. Uh, in terms of modeling life, people have to be included in your life for them to see how you live. So one of the best ways is eating together and just coming together. Now, you we often think that this is the pastor's job, all of this stuff. But actually, he is wanting us, every one of us throughout all of our congregations to say, this is where I want to travel. So I am influencing other people. Now, when I have said that to this person who's in, in difficulty. I say, can you think of another person who's challenged right now in this area? I said, why don't you ring them up? Why don't you do what I've just done with you? Why don't you ask them what the scripture is saying to them, what God is speaking to them, and then ask them to pray as well. And so a disciple maker makes disciples who make disciples. And that is what Jesus' strategy is for us, to build the church. Not just swell the church with gatherings and attracting people, but they'll actually build people's lives so they have a spiritual formation happening in their life, step by step by step and they grow in the things of God themselves. When we include people in our lives, they're going to they're see the way we live. But that's good for us too, because it makes us accountable. And when, when Jesus sent them out two by two, He knew what He was doing. On our own, we can get away with stuff. But together, it, it, we're going to live better lives. And when we start to teach others, we learn twice. We, we learn the time we learned the truth. And then when we teach it again, we learn it again. So being a disciple maker is the high calling of God for every single one of us. And I'm believing that we will actually fulfill this call in our culture, in our churches, right around the world. 2 Timothy 2.2 Paul says to Timothy, I want you to, he says, the things that you've heard from me in amongst witnesses, commit these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. So he there is giving a four generation teaching, discipling manner. Way back in the Old Testament in Psalm 78, Asaph talked about a law that God had put into Israel where we were to teach our children the things that God was doing by telling them the stories of the power of God. One of the greatest things we can do with, with in other people is to tell them the stories of what God has done in our lives. Let's not just be relying on our incredible preachers. we got some of the greatest preachers in the world on our pulpits. And God bless them, they do such a fine and magnificent job. We have the best pastors in the world. We have great leaders all through our movement. But let's not just leave it all up to them. And I'm praying that our pastors and our leaders will empower our congregations and our Connect Group leaders, that they will not just think, if I can get on that stage, then I'll be able to influence the world. All of us at a grassroots level, every day of our lives, can actually be in the community having incredible impact with all of our people that God has put us in connection with. And we go to church on Sunday, we get filled with the Holy Spirit. We get re-empowered to go out and to lead people to Christ. It's not just about getting people to church. We don't want to just be creating a a thing called churchianity or or churchians uh, who go to church. Thinking that bringing people to church is going to, I know in our minds it's like if I can get them there, then the preacher will preach and they'll develop relationships and we might bring them to Christ and so, and it's I I want that every weekend, every one of us to be a bringer because that environment is so powerful. But also, do you realize that every one of us can lead people to Christ right there in the community, at our office, at our home? We can sit down and we say, let me pray for you lead them to Jesus, bring them to Christ and then they will learn how to do that as well. And so you and I have been called by God to build the church by a people who are dedicated, consecrated to the Lord, not in some legalistic fashion, not in some religious way, but in a beautiful, liberating, spirit-filled connect-driven, spirit-powered way as a C3 culture right around the world. I want to congratulate you all and thank God for you. Thank God for you every day, all of you, all around the world who are just living for Christ and doing so many great things. I'm believing with you that in 2021, we will become even more effective, not just in making disciples and reproducing ourselves and therefore multiplying, but reproducing our churches so that we see a huge multiplication of disciple-making churches. We give birth to an entirely new day and a new move of God. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for every one of our pastors, our magnificent men and women of God, for doing such an incredible work for God. I pray that, Lord, none of them would be experiencing any overwhelming discouragements or any other thing that's coming against them. Rebuke every devil, every attack on their lives in Jesus' name. And we, Father, pray for our leaders, our workers in every congregation. Those people who have put their hand up and said, let me serve in church. Dear God, I thank you for all of these people that you have blessed us with right through the movement. We thank you, Father, every day we say, look what the Lord has done. We thank you for these last 40 years that have been so incredibly fruitful and abundant and blessed because of the the dedication and the sacrificial lives of so many. But as we go into the future, I'm praying, Father, that right through our movement at every level, all of us would be inspired to follow Jesus Christ and to live for Him as His disciple. In Jesus' mighty name, God bless you. You have a fantastic 2021. Thanks for listening to our latest Sunday message. If you would like to find out more about our church, visit www.c3belconnon.org.au